Hey gang, welcome back to the Command Tower Presents Brews and Builds podcast, episode number seven, recorded right here in muggy Kansas City, because evidently summer doesn't stop here. My name is Big Tuck, and in a twisted change of fate, I am actually wearing pants today, which we know is quite out of the ordinary, but I gotta fill in. Gotta fill in on the pants quotient. Could you say that's a crux of fate? It could be a crux of fate. I like it. Call back. (laughs) With me, as always, is our fateful producer, Squee McGee. Squee, how we doing today? Doing beautiful. It's a lovely day in Kansas City. Yeah, it's bright out, you know, we're, again, we're spending the time, the, our lovely Saturday afternoon, effectively in our parents' basement, but uh, we're making the most of it as we can. So now you may notice that this is an entirely different voice reading our intro copy, and our intro copy is also a little different. And that is because the one and only Mr. Combo number five is spreading his influence in the Far East. He's actually taking in the sounds and sights of Shanghai for the week and leaving me, Big Tuck, to fill his ample size 11 and a half shoes. Uh, in his absence, we do have a very special guest, which I'll get to here shortly. But first, just a few corporate shout outs here. So first, as always, praise to the mother site, CMD Tower, for hosting our weekly Insanity. Second, to our local favorites, Pink Royal, for providing the intro and extra music for us. Love you guys. Keep doing the great work. And then finally, again, to our awesome production company, Rich Chaos Records, right here. Uh, Squee, just real quick, where can they find you if they're uh, interested in doing a podcast or any sort of recorded media? Oh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records or find me at richchaosrecords.com. Sweet. And I went to his site and it is pretty crushed. So without any further ado, it's time for me to introduce our very special guest. You've heard him talked about on some previous episodes, and it's a real honor to be able to play with him on a somewhat weekly basis. Please welcome the top eight placing, MTG GP traveling, and the master of the emover, Forrest Day 2 Wong. What's up? How you doing, man? Doing great. Doing thanks, great. Glad thanks, to be here. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, are, you, are you excited? Are you nervous? How's the energy feeling? I'm really excited to be here. I love talking magic. I could talk about magic all day long. Sweet. And, and again, for those who hadn't pieced this one together, how do we end up meeting? I, I even, even I kind of forget at this point. So when I first moved here, I was playing at Level 1, a local oh, shop right, right. a lot. Um, Great local spot. And I was introduced to Kevin there. Oh, okay. And the Duff Man. Kevin, okay. Uh, I was introduced to Mr. Cabo, Big Talk, the whole gang. Uh, started playing some commander with them yeah. and we've gone to GPs together. Right. Uh, we've Forrest was just with Mr. Combo and the rest of the gang in Vegas for that grind. It sounded yep. like it was like four days of nonstop, right? Yeah. Uh, finished one thirteenth in the modern main 10, four, one. Feels good. Yeah, Pocketed a couple hundred and nice. it was a good time. Did good not time. scrub out. So nope. we're really glad to have you here and we got a really, really spicy deck to talk about. So before that, let's uh, talk a little bit more about the podcast itself. So, Brews and Builds is our deck tech series. It's all about the decks that Mr. Combo number five and I and our special guests have made in the path to 32. That is one deck for each color. Since there are so many other EDH MTG kind of podcasts, we decided to mix up one of my personal favorite passions, which is brewing beer and make a new kind of deck tech. So each episode, we're going to dig deep into one deck, but to mix things up, we'll break it down the same way you'd break down a beer recipe. So we actually broke it down into four different categories. The first is the ramp and setting your board state. So something to kind of get the ball moving. We call this our grain build. Grains are the foundation of a beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. So these help with the colors, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into our bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. So the second thing that we talked through is how your board interacts with the rest of the board. We call this our hop profile. So hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal slash floral flavors. One thing to note here is that Mr. Forrest actually is drinking a beer with me, which Mr. Combo number five will never do on this podcast. So cheers. Cheers. Cheers to that. 
So anyways, they grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs or these pale ales that we're drinking right now. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do exactly what it wants. Third, we have the way that the decks actually close out or win the game. We call this our yeast package. Yeasts are microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your decks wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning you the game. And then lastly, in the packages, we have our shenanigans, our pet cards, the things that kind of make our decks a little more interesting or, or something that we, we've talked in the past about cards that we have a really strong emotional value to, even though it may not be the best for the deck. And we call this our spices. So not every beer has them, but spices and additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout or the addition of hops that turn an IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we get into it. And finally, we have to cap it off our bottle capping segment, which is where we talk through some personal recommendations and some cuts and replacement cards that we could have, depending on some budget limitations and sort of things along those lines. So, Mr. Forrest, are you ready? I am. Ready let's to go do into this. this. Okay, without further ado, let's get brewing. So today on the Path to 32, we are talking about a Simic deck. Uh, we kind of decided on this because this is one of Forrest's major decks that he plays a lot with. This and is my he, pet deck. Yes, it's definitely a pet deck. Forrest, take it away. Why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about this deck? I am a big limited player. Sure. Uh, that's how I kind of got into the game. You know, key to Dominario. And, uh, you know, I'm drafting and I see this card called Tatyova Benthic Druid. Yes, Tatyova. And it just gains you life and draws you cards. Yeah, and I'm so, just like, this is amazing. So I have it right here. It's three colorless and Simic. That's green and blue for a 3-3 legendary creature, Murfolk Druid. Not the best stats. Five for 3-3 three, three doesn't really get you there. No, that, but, like, you're, you're not really playing it for those stats. Correct, yes. You're playing uh, it for the ability. And the ability is incredible. So whenever a land enters a battlefield under your control, I'm going to repeat that just in case people didn't hear that out there enters the battlefield under your control you gain a life and draw a card you crack a fetch draw a card you ghost quarter yourself draw a card <laughs> rampant growth drawing a card gaining life uh this i know i can at least as i play mostly commander so i didn't play a lot of limited uh but when i saw the spoiled i immediately thought to myself this card is going to go in almost every deck that can run it yeah mark? no you, of course do you agree with that i, I would agree with it like, okay it's, cool it's just such a sick value engine it rewards you for doing something you're already going to do which right. is play lands. play lands commander is a very mana intensive very mana hungry format you play cards that scale well into the late game you're going to be playing lands non-stop and right tatyova just rewards you for that which you know that's such yeah, a great it's feeling. awesome and the best part is it's a merfolk as well right so it fits into those builds yeah. on theme it's a druid, which I don't think it really gets played outside of mono green in Commander, no. but still, it's got relevant. It's not, you know, some nonsense. It's not a homunculus. Yeah, no, there's, there's relevant creature types right. on it, which it's, like... It's kind of bonkers. Yeah. So it's called uh, Tatiova Develop and Envelop. So why don't you kind of walk through the high, very high-level game plan of, of how this deck would play out and how it would end up winning you the game? I mean, Develop and Envelop is right. Uh, <laughs> develop, you know, lands. Just want to yeah. play as many lands as possible, get as many of them onto the battlefield as possible, and then just make huge mana players that go over the top of your opponents right. there's a lot of big splashy x spells you just make a gazillion mana draw a ton of cards and then just Ma overwhelm your opponents and win the game from maybe there. draw all of them yeah. bum, bum, bum. Well, i'm sure we'll talk about that later so i had one question for you uh real quick in this so most of the time when you're playing commander at least for me if i have a way to to play extra lands whether it be a rampant growth the sky shout claim uh, you know i admit there's a million different cards that do sure. it i would play those immediately 
to rush out a big commander or like flood the board. Yeah, of course, things. of course. So do you, does it get to a point when you're playing this where you would intentionally wait on casting one of those? Because you, you can ramp out, get Tatiova in pretty early. Mm-hmm. And then are there times where you intentionally wouldn't cast a card like that when you have it in hand? So I guess the basic rule of thumb is that, you know, you can overload on these effects in this deck because right. unlike most decks, they're not dead draws like in. Right, you, right, uh, right. Like when you have Tatiova as your commander, all these uh, mana ramp spells just turn into card draw spells. Right, yeah, yeah. In they green, turn into divination. In, in, in green, yeah. And yeah, yeah. You know, like Sky Shark Claim Beast is two mana divination, which, you know, is pretty good. Right, yeah, um, yeah. Totally. I mean, the general rule of thumb is that if you can cast Tatiova on the next turn, and make a land drop, right. then you don't play the mana accelerant. Right. You you hold it for value. But if it's turn two, you're you're playing that rampant growth. It's just like it's right. just a slam dunk like yeah, any other totally. deck. I know you talked about the draft. Is there any other kind of personal history with this deck? I know you said it's your pet deck. Obviously, it's very it's very well tuned, yes. and it's it's about three hundred and seventy five dollars, which is sort of on the lower range um, for a. Some of our decks here. It's yeah, about, yeah, it, it it's is. About, it's about on theme for my prices, but right. again, it, it, Mr. It Combo's is, but not like, here. You know, I was, I was actually like looking through potential upgrades, and a lot of them are just like re- very generically mm-hmm. good cards. Yeah, like, th- that's the great thing about this deck. Like, you just, you just want to play generically good cards, and they just slot right in, and they're even better than they normally are. Totally, which you yeah. know is is just c- such a great feeling. I struggled with that a little bit too, and it's we've talked about this before. Sometimes it's very hard when we're talking about cutting cards because there's a clear line of play through the deck, mm-hmm. and if you take too many out it, it's it's very easy for a deck just to become your tatiova deck and turn into like just a good this right. kind of deck right and i think my experience playing with like very tuned decks mm-hmm. in other formats has really like allowed me to restrain myself sure. when it comes to like trying to shove too many sweet cards into the deck you right know? the thing is like even in draft i was going out of my way to try and splash this tatiova card because especially in draft it's a numbers game you just about advantage like, you just want to like get those lands being able to right. draw you extra cards is a huge deal so we, if this was like a, would this be a pack one pick one for you do you think depending it depends on the rest of the pack. If there's a good one-color card, like, I'm going to take it over this, because right. like, that's a pretty important metric in drafts. Like, right, you know, right, you, right. You take the good single-color card over the good two-color card, but in a weaker pack, I would win most slam it. So, and how long have you had this deck in your possession? So, this is actually the first deck I built from scratch. Oh. So, that's why it's so tuned. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, you know, I dipped my toe in the format by purchasing pre-cons and like right. taking cards in and out of them. Right. And then, you know, once I finally was ready to build a deck on my own, like I just kind of took whatever budget cards I had mm-hmm. and just like kind of slapped them together into this Tatyova deck. And so this Tatyova deck has gone through many, many iterations. Cool. Like, it's the first deck I've built by myself. So I'm very proud of how tuned it was because I really only threw it together like after moving here. Like, right, was, okay. I've only been in the area for a year. That's right. I think it was about... Four months after I moved here, that I finally threw this deck together. Like not in this form, but right, you know, right, just right. The first iteration. The some, of this some deck. like the infancy of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Before it matured out, I was also going to ask you one thing. I think that when you buy a precon, it's harder to make cuts on cards that maybe needed to get cut. Because you think, at least when I first started playing, it's like, well, why would they even put why would they put this card in if you weren't supposed to play it? Or there's some sort of interaction here. Do you feel that same way when you start with the pre-con as opposed to like starting completely fresh? So I've been playing card games all my life. I started with Yu-Gi-Oh! back when I was five. Oh, I nice. kind of like dipped a toe in the competitive scene before like being a poor high schooler. I couldn't keep up. So any any other thoughts on on the deck before we go into a little bit more specifics about it? No, I think that's I think I've said my piece. All right. No, that's awesome. It, it's cool. It's always great to hear about like the background of a deck and, and how it came to be. So one thing we're trying new is we're actually going to be pairing a beer with this deck and today we have this lovely copperhead pale ale made right here in kansas yep out in free state brewing in lawrence yep 
And cheers to you, sir. Good having you. So one thing with this beer definitely lines up with this deck. So it's very smooth and it's very heavy on the grain like a pail mm -hmm. is to give it a really full body. But there's a little bit of hot presence in it, so it has a little bit of bite at the end of it, too. So this deck definitely, as we'll get into, it's very heavy on the grain. I think that's a very apt description of the yes, deck. Yes, so we'll get into that, too. So a couple quick things. This is a blue-green lands deck, so mm -hmm. obviously the curve doesn't really matter. And it's a 3.47. I think with the amount of ramp in this deck, and I didn't look into it, I think the, the curve is effectively meaningless, right? Um, yeah, your one and two mana cards are like really important because right. you, you need to be able to just do stuff. Sure. But once you get out of the first couple of turns of the game, you're, you're normally just yeah. able to make whatever play you want, yeah. really. And then the color distribution, you're, looks like you're almost completely even with your green and blue, slightly more on the green. The way that's calculated is based on the mana symbols. Sure. And a lot of my blue cards are heavy. Are, yeah, blue. right, right. So, like we'll get into uh, yeah. a little bit later, right? So, do you, you think that's actually it's it's skewed? a little it's a little skewed? There's, okay, like I was I remember counting the number of blue cards in my deck, and it's about. 35, 25 closer split. Like okay. There are more green cards, just that the blue cards have heavier, have heavy, blue heavier cast. But again, especially when you, when you get to like three and four color decks, mm -hmm. those triple blue, triple black, triple green start becoming a little more prohibitive. Right. But in this one, you can get whatever land you need at whatever time, yeah, no, so like, it doesn't it's, it's, matter, right? I, I, I never have mana problems ever. Yeah, it's great. Totally. It, it feels great. All right, cool. Well, let's start getting into the build of it. So first, we're going to start with our grain bill. Again, the foundations of the beer, a ramp and stabilization. So why don't you kick the this one off for us. Yeah, so the first card I have is Corsair of Crufix. Oh, hell yeah. So Corsair of Crufix yep. is a green enchantment creature centaur for one green green, and it reads... Play with the top card of your library of yield. You may play the top card of your library if it is a land. And then whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Very good. What's its power and toughness? Two, four. Woo! I think this card's awesome. Why did you pick this one specifically? So I know that this is a card that many players will just put into any green deck yeah. because it's a way to get card advantage. You're mm -hmm. not drawing the cards, but you can play lands off the top of your library. Right. That's not a card in your hand that you have to use. Totally. It's another resource you're getting. And the information given is fairly minimal. Like there are situations where you see Cyclonic Rift on the top of your right. deck and everyone knows you have Cyclonic Rift yeah. now and you're like, well. Or whatever, or an, if you're if you're playing a different deck, like an Avacyn or one of these like giant threats, right? right. And so that's, that's kind of poopy, but mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> at the same time, the advantage that you get off of it is just so worth it. I was gonna say, and one thing too, this is something I'll talk about a little bit later. There's so many ways and so many lands and so many fetches and ways that you can shuffle your library, right? Yes. So this card gives you so much more than just a top card. Uh -huh. It lets you know, and if you see something there, you know, if you're, if you have your, you know, you have, um, one of your crack lands waiting, right? Right. You get to see the top card there, yes. crack it, shuffle it, see it again. Mm -hmm. Maybe then you can play another fetch land, exactly. another another thing, and just keep that top card always moving around, right? Exactly. Actually, that's the perfect segue because I was going to talk about that. If any listeners out there are uh, familiar with Modern, there's a called, <laughs> called Mistress Bobble, where oh, you, yeah. you crack it, you look at the top card of target player's deck, and right. then you draw a card at the beginning of the next upkeep. Well, there's a little trick that a lot of Mistress Bobble decks do, where you crack it, and then you look at the top card of your own deck. Right. And then you, if you don't like it, you can crack a fetch land and shuffle it away. Oh, so, nice. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Like, but with Corsair, you basically just get that all the time. All the time, definitely. And with as many ways to fetch lands in this deck as there are, Corsair just lets you see so many cards and maybe just let like, you know what you're drawing. Maybe you even filter two, so much. two, three, four times a turn late game, right? So exactly, you, it exactly. really will let you filter out and find something that's actually useful. You finally play the land with yep. your commander, draw that card off the top. Yeah, and one thing to note is that since Tetyova is a trigger, when you play the top land with Corsair, 
closer, you actually flip the next card before you draw because oh. it's a static ability. Right, so right. So everyone's going to see the next card you draw, but if you don't like it, then you, know, <laughs> you, you, you can shuffle it away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Good. Any any final thoughts on that one? You know, it's a generically good card. It's a few bucks, so yeah. everyone just throws it in every green deck. Yeah. Do you like that idea or no? Obviously, like, if money was no object, this card would be Oracle. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think the card is good enough. It's a 2-4 body, so right. if someone's it, trying to swing out, they're going to be like, eh, nah, no, yeah, probably, I, I don't, I, They have some random zombie token that got yeah, generated yeah, from they, casting they, a spell, they, they, and they're they, just they like, have, oh, yeah, no, you have a big butt. Let's, let's right. go somewhere else. Yep. It's good on its own, and it's just even better in this deck due to the amount of manipulation you get to do with it. Totally agree. So my first one that I chose is a card that I really like, but I've never figured out how to get a copy or really get it to work. So it's called Wayward Swordtooth. Yeah. So two colors and a green for a 5-5 five, five dinosaur. It has the static ability of you may play an additional land on each of your turns which mm-hmm. is the main one. And then right. it also has the Ascend mechanic, where if you control 10 or more permanents, 10 or more permanents. you get the City's Blessing. Wayward Swordtooth can't attack or block unless you have the City's Blessing. So I think this card is really cool. It's kind of a fairer version of exploration, right? But yeah. you also get the body on it as well. Yes. And in this deck, because you're going to be drawing so much cards, because you're going to be playing so much lands, it's quickly going to turn into at least a really good blocker that's stacked on this, what would normally be an enchantment ability. Right. It's great. It's a, it's a beater. It's also a one-way effect. So there's other cards in this deck where it may affect multiple opponents or multiple boards. Right. We'll, or... we'll actually get to that. Okay, nice. Yeah, okay, great. So I just really think this card is really interesting. I think it's underplayed. And the weird thing on it and maybe you can help me out with this. It's almost $8 for a rare out of a recent set. So right. is, is there a reason why it's so much right now? I think you uh, I think you kind of covered it. Like exploration is a very sought after card in the format mm-hmm. because, you know, like I said, commander is about big mana. Right. It's a budget replacement, but since exploration is such a sought after card, that's, that's one factor. Right. Another factor is that you have to realize this came out of Rivals of Ixalan. Right. And if you... <laughs> If, if you're familiar with Limited at all, Ixalan Block in general was one of the most widely reviled Limited formats of the past Oh, so no one, no one was opening so, them? Yeah, so, really? so there, there was a very low opening rate. You know, you talked about Raskic's Contempt a few episodes ago, and it was nearly $20 at right, one point yeah. because of Standard. Part of that was because no one wanted to draft Ixalan. Everyone just hated it. Do you want to go into your next grain build? Yeah, because it's, uh, it's actually related. Wait, can I guess what it is? One, two, three. Rights, Rights of, of Flourishing. flourishing. Yeah! yeah! Got there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, rights of Flourishing, two and a green, Correct. enchantment. Correct. Each player draws an extra card during their draw step. Yeah. At, at the beginning of their upkeep. Yeah. And then each player may play an additional land on each of their turns. Right. So it's, again, like we were just talking about with Wayward, this is the group hug this version is the group of hug. Wayward, yes. right? Yeah. The deck already has fairly good velocity, drawing through so much of it uh, with all your land drops. You know, it doesn't hurt to add a little bit more. It doesn't hurt to ingratiate yourself to the other players. Right. Especially since once they see how once, many cards you're drawing... Once you, they figure out well, that you well, have once, 20 well, lands. <laughs> yeah, like well, once they see that you're untapping 14 lands and that you're drawing so many cards right. per turn, they're going to start getting very, very concerned. And being able to keep a little bit of goodwill with the table right. can go a long way. EDH, especially the way that me and Mr. Combo play it, is extremely political. So being, hey, I gave you that Avacyn, right? You don't want to come over here. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have been able to draw that. Exactly. So, yeah, that's what And I'm saying, right? also just the idea that if you kill me, then this is oh, going to go away. Oh, yeah, you don't get to draw any more cards. You don't get to draw any cards, Mr. Mono White, nope, right? <laughs> you do not. You do not. Yeah, and also you don't get to play an extra land, Mr. Yeah. Mono White. See? It works. Yeah. So this card's sitting at about 275, which is probably about right. It hasn't been printed that many times. And again, like you said, these extra land abilities are so sought after, right? Yeah, so I guess the one issue with this one is that you have to be able to take advantage of it 
more right. than your opponent yeah, because yeah, it yeah. is a symmetrical effect. Totally. So if you're not in a Lands Matter deck, then it's very hard to justify playing a card like this because your opponents are actually going to get to benefit from it right. first most of the time because it's, they're, they're going to draw the extra card first. Right. It's like the Howling Mind It's the Howling Mind right? problem, yeah. Of like, you play this, by the time it comes around, you may even lose the game, right? Because you might give someone the fuel that they need to take those extra turns, to, to, to take those board wipes, to, to play those big creatures. Right. The risk-reward is here because yeah. if you look at the deck list, this deck plays 40 lands. Right, yep, totally. In addition to all the land tutor effects, it's overloaded on ways to get lands into play because... Right. You're going to have them. You're going to draw. There's a there's a good chance you're going to draw into another land when you play that. Exactly. So you care about that a lot. And so anything that can kind of further that game plan and, you know, maybe maybe sort of a little goodwill is is, is just worth it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I think the fact that you just kind of have to be able to break the symmetry is the only reason this card isn't more. Yeah. Okay. So mine's a deep cut that also I didn't even realize plays into a strategy we were talking earlier. This is a creature, Dryad Greenseeker. Yes. So colorless and a green. It's newer. It's from 2019, M2019 for a 1 3 Dryad. Tap. Look at the top card of your library. If it's a land card, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. It's just making the, the effect that we talked about earlier even better. Yes. Because this way, if you have this and Courser out, you're drawing that card, you're getting that land off the top, and it's, again, just funneling into that synergy. Keeping the decks going, keeping your card drawing, keeping the lands coming out. Uh, when I first looked at this, I thought it was kind of surprising and a little underpowered because yes. it doesn't really give you it doesn't really give you a land, right. it, and it doesn't really so, give you a ramp. Yeah, so right? I guess the way you kind of have to look at it is you're about one-third to draw a card. Right, yeah. Which... Isn't great odds, but I, I think you're kind of looking at this the wrong way a little bit. Okay. Because I, I remember you talked about Nightmare Market Lookout and how it's right, like this right, crappy right. one drop that people didn't want to spend spot removal on. Right, well, right. you know, this is a 1-3 that can come down on turn 2. Oh, sure. It's, it's this crappy creature that people don't want to spend spot <laughs> yeah. removal on. Yeah, but right. If this draws you one card, card, you're pretty happy. People play Elvish Visionary in, like, Elves decks. People right. play it. And the thing is that a card is guaranteed to be something you care about because it's a Lands Matter deck. Right, yeah, totally. So, if it draws you one card, that's great. If it draws two, that's... It's incredible. That's already above the curve and in, and, like, and in this deck specifically or lands matter sex i think that's where it really shines so. yeah and anything beyond that is just gravy it's just right. a gravy trained a gravy <laughs> train that keeps on yeah rolling. yeah it keeps rolling through and then people are just like no i, I don't want to path the exile of this like the- right why would you yeah and then and then they don't realize that it's drawing you the two three cards especially in a deck like this right the other thing too is that if you tap look don't like it you can crack a fetch land and you can you know you can get rid of that card yeah. right if it's a card maybe we'll talk about later that we were talking about before the show mm-hmm. started yeah where you look and you just know this is a dead card yeah i can't do anything with this so i'm gonna crack this prismatic vista or whatever right get rid of that one and try again it's a very unique card i think it's really good in this deck yeah, and again, Limited is near and dear to my heart, and this right. is a card that if you played Core 19 Limited at all, and you slept on this card, you you soon learned your lesson. Really? You kind of guarantee that you draw spells. Oh, and in Limited, sure. being able to guarantee that you're going to draw gas. And then even in the early game, it can help you hit land drops, so there's yeah. there, there's a lot to like about this card. And it's 1-3, so it can block the turn it comes out to, usually, exactly. right? Yeah, okay. That was my second pick. Your last pick on the grain bill, what do we got? We have Kiora's Follower. Yeah! <laughs> okay. I was gonna. I was thinking about this one, and I went with something else. So uh, this is a fairly innocuous-looking card. It's Simic, so blue-green. Yep. It is a Merfolk, and then it is a two-two that says tap, untap target permanent. So this kind of seems like just a mana dork, right? Which is how most people play it. I think there's a lot to like about this card in the deck because I actually have set up the value engine of tap, dry green seeker, untap it with the uh, oh. follower, and just like keep, keep filtering <laughs> yeah. through to the top of my deck. So the great thing about this is that there's enough tap effects in this deck mm-hmm. that you care about late game 
that you don't mind drawing this later, but I just needed some more two mana ramp effects, and you know this this fit the bill. You could argue that oh, but while well, land or elves or like selling mm-hmm. created or something like this, well, it's because it's untapped target permanent. permanent, right? So instead of just making mana, so later in the game it helps you do other things. You attack with Wayward Swordtooth, for example. Now you have a five five blocker again, exactly. and, and it's people would say, oh, is this a five five? You know, what's that matter? I don't care. Like run exactly. underfoot, even if it has death touch, exactly. right? At some point, the ability to play offense and defense is so important. Right? That, that these incremental, these small little guys can make or break a game in the game. And I, I do talk about how Commander is like this big mana format where like it's about flashy plays yep. and making like these big swingy end the game kind of uh-huh. plays. But there are games where, you know, everyone's depleted on resources. Right. And so this this 5-5 five, five certainly starts looking very it scary. It looks very scary, yeah. And then again, it's untapped permanent. So if you were the kind of degenerate player... Look at it, you, Mr. Combo, who runs things like Gaia's Cradle and those sort of things. You're off to the races. And I know you actually play I, a fair deck that's budget-friendly. So, no. Uh, no, well, no. I, I'm not sure that we can... It's moving further and further out of budget range. Yeah, uh, true. And like I said, this is this is a pet deck. This is something yeah. that is near and dear to me. So, I, I want to make it as good as possible. And but. it's the opposite. it's the opposite version of Mr. Combo and I. Especially for me, like, I have so many decks... It's hard to tune one so much that it gets to a point where it's going to be consistent and all that jazz. Right. So I think that the reason for that is twofold. The, the first one is that I play other formats and right. I spend a lot of money on other formats, <laughs> like na- namely like modern. modern. <laughs> uh, so I only have so many resources. Right, I only yeah. have so much money I can you spend. You only have so game. many resources to tap of your own exactly. from your bank account. Tap target wallet. <laughs> subtract $1,000 from it. So last one I want to talk about, uh, we can do this probably pretty quick, is circuitous route. Or root, depending yes. on where you're from. So three colorless and a green. Search your library for up to two basic land cards and or gate cards. Put them on the battlefield tapped and then shuffle your library. Obviously, this in the right deck is just a strictly better explosive vegetation. Yes. Which is the same thing except for the guild gates. So this deck, as soon as it got printed, I got very excited because I run a Maze's End deck, which nice. I hope we'll get yeah. to at some point. No, Ma- Maze's End is a it's, sweet card. It's, Alternate it's, win conditions are my, my bread and butter as a Johnny player. So, so. Que- so question for you on this one. Obviously, this fits a bill of pulling lands and pulling them in did the guild gate come first or did this come first it was kind of together okay. i i already had a simic guild gate in the deck because like i said this started as a fairly budget sure. deck yep so i had explosive vegetation in that slot but then once this card was printed i'm like well this is just strictly better i can right. search i can search a dual land and they come and tapped anyway so uh-huh. the fact that you know simic guild gate would normally come and tap doesn't matter so the the answer to chicken and egg is that the guild gate came first because it already existed before, <laughs> right 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 before the printing of this. I, we've already covered why this is in the deck. Yes, of course, because you get to draw two cards. Time to move on to the hops. These, again, are the ways to interact and, and kind of clear out the board to continue doing what you want to do. So do you want to start us off on this one as well? Yeah, so first one I have is Force of Negation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're such a modern player. I, I, go, I, I, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I uh, saw this. No. I saw this in here. I was like, I refuse to talk about this. So I, I'm talking about this for different reasons than I would for modern. I think. Um, okay. So. So I played a lot of Modern Horizons because, you know, I went to Barcelona, had to right, prepare yep, for that. Yep. Uh, so I, I ended up opening three Force of Negations total. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so I, I'm like, well, I have this, I might as well throw it in. I've seen you play this deck quite a bit. How often or have you ever paid three for this card? I've paid three just because I had three man- Oh, because you had, cause, cause you I had 50 20 million man out? So you're but like, yeah, all right. I've never had to pay three. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I've okay, always had a blue you. card to pitch. When you see so many cards and you have so many cards right. in hand, you don't 
care. Like, actually, I started with this deck playing a lot, a lot of more expensive counter spells, like yeah. Frilled Mystic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the new Mystic Snake. Mm-hmm. And there we go. That's what, Mystic Snake. I, I started playing Magic when that block came out. Yeah, and Mystic Snake wrecked. Mystic Snake <laughs> is a sweet card. It's, so sweet. it's such a sweet card. But so you're so by expensive you mean in cost? Like, like, CMC. CMC. Yes. And yeah, like yeah. Mystic Confluence. But I just found that this deck wants to tap out a lot. Run so out they, everything they, they, it's they, hand because you're drawing so much. And it's like, all right, well, let's just keep this going. So you know, I at first I was looking at stuff like Thwart, which isn't actually in the deck, mm-hmm. or like Foil. Right, where right. you could play them for free with alternate costs, like, you know, returning islands or whatever. Yeah, the, the gush sort of effect, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, I kind of stumbled upon this. I'm like, yeah, you know, I can definitely see situations where, like, I'm going to be tapped out. And I think that's another thing. Like, you can be tapped out and play this, mm-hmm. which yeah. a lot of people don't play around. Yeah, and I think people aren't going to think that you're playing Force of Will, right? They see the cards that you're playing, commons and uncommons from recent sets of right. like, the budget that you built it. Yeah. They're just going to think, there's no way this guy has any sort of thing. And this card's, and I think the other thing with this is it's so new. Yeah. I've, I've never seen this card in Commander, period, right? Gotcha. So for me, it's just kind of, if you played this, I would be like, oh, what? <laughs> Where did this come from? It just, well, there's another two things that I think are really cool about this card. The first is that it says non-creature, mm-hmm. which in a lot of formats, that's a disadvantage because creatures right. do really matter. But think back to the commander games where you just get blown out. Yeah. It's because your opponent casts something like Cyclonic Rift or, or Time, sangu- or sanguinate or sanguinate for or time Stretch yeah. or Tooth and Nail. Like spells, by and large, are not creatures. Right. Big, splashy non-creature spells that are just going to completely overwhelm you. And so the fact that it says non-creature is actually not a big deal. So I want to move on into mine because it's very similar. Right. So I actually chose Deprive yes. in here. So for those who are playing the home game, Deprive is two blue for an instant counter-target spell. So it's a counter spell. Yes. But it has the additional benefit of, as an additional cost to cast it, return a land you control to its owner's hand. This is awesome, right? Because again, yeah. I think this may happen in the current build of the deck where you played three lands and you still have one more that you can play. Exactly. Right? So And then someone tries to path to exile, board wipe, whatever. Nope. Put that land back in, and I'm going to draw a card again, right? Yes, exactly. So I, there's another card that's very similar to this. I was talking about this with uh, Ross, shout out at work, called Familiar's Ruse. We, he was asking me why these are in the deck, and I explained to him that Counterspell, at its basis, is a strictly unfair card, right? <laughs> right? It's absurd. Two mana to stop anything. So yes. they learn their lesson, right? Exactly. Same, it's the same thing with Ancestral Recall or yeah. all the cards, you know, but they realize their mistakes and said, okay, we like these cards. We like the way they, at least to my, we, in my we opinion. We like this effect. We like this effect. We just need to cost it differently. We need to do it somehow, right? So, but I think what's funny is in the right deck, it's actually better. Like yeah. in this deck, I you there's probably times where you've been begging to play a land and you're out of it, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, no, there, there, I've definitely had situations where I don't have lands left in my deck. Mm-hmm. And you need you still want to get that card draw. You still want to get some action out of it because there's so much stuff that deals with that. Exactly. And this is, in that case, a better counterspell for you, right? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> and I've, I've had the same argument. I run a, a Sphinx deck. Yes. With Unesh. And it's the same thing where it's like Familiar's Ruse sometimes lets me get a Sphinx back and keep that train yes. going, yes. which a normal counterspell wouldn't, right? Mm-hmm. So is this card better than, say, an Arcane Denial or something where it's less situational in any deck or just in decks that care about the bounce effect? So I think it depends on how unfair your deck is. Because right. losing a resource yourself is a lot less of a problem for a fair deck. 
than giving your opponent resources. Right. So oh, so, yeah, yeah. So if you're in a combo deck, then Arcane Denial is fine, and I've actually considered putting Arcane Denial in this deck. I just don't have a copy of it. Right, right, um, right, right. So it, it just depends if your deck is more looking to grind people out or if it's more looking to combo out. Cards only matter if they, you have time to play them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Put it on a t-shirt. Okay, so what was your next hop pick? So my next hot pick was Praetor's Council. Yeah, we talked about this two episodes ago. You did. Well, in our time, we are now in the future. Do you know it offhand? Uh, five, green, green, green. Nailed it. Uh, sorcery. Correct. What's its rarity? It boom, boom. I, oh, God. Trust your gut. Uh, you got to trust so your gut. <laughs> it would have been printed as a mythic, I think. Nailed it! Woo! A yeah, mythic. Uh, it's a mythic. mythic. <laughs> yeah, I actually had to think about like when mythics were introduced. I'm like, yeah, they, like, they would have been. They would have been, yeah, 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 they, yeah. they been around. Okay, so, so anyways, the text is... So you return the cards in your graveyard to your hand. Correct. And then you exile Praetor's exile Council. It. And then you have no maximum hand size for the rest yep. of the game. So there's a lot to like about this card. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's, not, I, what's not to like besides the mana cost? But again, in this deck, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I got to say, like, I'm dumping fetch lands in the graveyard. Yep. I'm dumping mana ramp spells. So being able to get those back is a big deal. Also, I know that a lot of people like playing stuff like Reliquary Tower. Right. So you have no maximum hand size. And this is a redundant piece to right, right. help me along with that. Because you do have, I just looked, you do have Reliquary Tower in the deck already. Uh, of yeah. course, yes. if I'm drawing this many cards. Right, then. yeah, totally. But I think the crux of this is that there are a lot of times in this deck. Crux of fate. <laughs> I can do it. I can do it too. Hey. hey. So I think the crux of the matter really is that a lot of times you'll draw over seven. Yeah. And so you'll have to end up discarding <laughs> yeah. stuff. And it kind of helps a lot to discard pieces that you might need later if you know you have Praetor's Council right. in your deck. And spoiler alerts, people don't play as much graveyard hating commander as they should also either. True. <laughs> yeah. So I often feel very safe just discarding cards that I need later, like a certain card that we might get to. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so I just feel a lot safer about discarding cards into my graveyard and then getting them back with Praetor's Council later. And even, and even to your point, even if you do get back rampant growth and stuff, normally it wouldn't matter that late in the game, but this is just another card draw spell, right? Exactly. It's a two, like every one of these get cards, put them on the battlefield, it's just straight card draw, right? Yeah, and so like this is kind of what I was talking about. Like I think almost all of these cards we've been able to mentioned facts about how Tatyova and the way that this deck is built around Tatyova just has made these cards better. I agree 100%. So, any final thoughts on Predator's Council? No, it's just a sweet card yeah. and it's not actually that much. A couple bucks, four bucks, I think. So, yeah. it's been printed a couple times. But yeah, the one I want to talk about was Nissa Vital Force. Yes. So, three colorless, two green. It's a legendary planeswalker. Yeah. Comes into play with five loyalty counters. To me, we talked about this in an episode. It doesn't pass the doubling season test. Right. Because its ultimate doesn't win you the game outright. Right. But it does pass the first test of each three abilities are awesome. Yes. So the first one is untap target, target land, land you control until your next turn. It becomes a 5-5 five, five elemental creature with haste. It's still land. So if you have the abilities to draw cards, if you deal damage, you can get in that way. Or you just have a blocker, right? So It's, it's mainly it, just for a blocker. It, prote it protects protect herself, right? Yes. Yeah. So then her minus three is good, but probably isn't used a ton, I'm guessing. Yeah. So a lot of the cards you care about in this deck are not permanents. It does not get used a ton. Right. But there are those late game those, scrappy yeah. situations where, oh, wow, if I get back Rampaging Bailoths or Royal Elemental, then right. that's really that's good. That's really good. So. So, and then the last ability is the one I think that's probably most important, yes. which is minus six. So you, she can do this the turn after yes, she comes because down. It's, it's, not, it's notable that she starts on five. Five, right. And her plus one blocks her. Yes. Right? So you get an emblem with whenever a land enters a battlefield under your control, again, enters a battlefield, yes. not cast or enters rather not, not played. played. Yes. Enters the battlefield. 
draw card. Yes. So it's this horde agreed, but just you. <laughs> yes, uh, it's it's just a redundant effect, right? Uh, because you know so much of this deck is built around Tatyova. That move, that movement of the deck, that drawing the cards, the the up and down from the from the library, right? Yeah, you know, if someone wants to be a jerk and steal your commander, or you know, yeah, at some point. There is a time in every commander's life where it gets to the point where it's been killed or exiled or minus where it becomes 12 mana to cast it or 15, right? I, I mean, sure, but the, with the number of lands you put in True. the play. True, like, in this deck, I, again, it doesn't matter. That, that, it really is more when they dark steel mutation it or right. just transform it or steal it or just otherwise make it inaccessible. You just kind of need a redundant effect. And you can't do anything about an emblem, so that's the rest of the yes. game. And again, getting this down, I've run this card before, which is funny because I remember when this first got printed, I actually opened open two and pre-release and they were trading for 20 or 30 dollars yeah i should just offloaded them because they're like five bucks now i think that's true for most cards honestly true uh, yeah on, most like, good cards if yeah. we're discounting the jason strategies of the world right 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 but my point being is that it's been extremely rare for me when i have this card if you get it down turn three turn four there's no chance anyone's going to be able to hit you and get it down so where you can't ultimate next turn yeah because what they're gonna have to do is probably send their dorks in and have three people have their dorks die and right that's just not worth or, it or if they have a, if they happen to have a flyer on turn two or three yeah. which never happens right in most decks right right so like they, they just end up having to like throw a ton of dorks at it and then you're just gonna uptick it and thread into right, it again yeah turn, so and that's like, even better because if a dork comes through you don't yeah, even care exactly. right so, so no i think it's great i i think it's a great planeswalker for this deck especially right that's all that's all i really have to say about it it's pretty good with uh this little card called nykthos oh yeah <laughs> I, i've done some pretty sick things with just, that card just with, an with untap, another untap effect yeah, yeah. nykthos isn't in this deck but there, there are other decks i have nykthos oh on. i didn't even think about that all right, so your third hop guy. What do you got? Wolvenwald Hydra. Nah, I, I this was on the list. I think this card's awesome. Yeah. So go ahead. Wolvenwald Hydra. Four green, green. Nailed it. Mythic. What, kind, what, what myth? It's mythic. Mythic. What kind of creature is it? It's a Hydra. Nailed it. <laughs> so it's from Shadows Over Innistrad. Very. Oh, very good. I, I can start doing sets if we want to. Do, if we want to keep doing this. Sure, yeah. uh, so when it enters the battlefield, you search your library for a land. Any, any land, land. Any <laughs> la not a basic, any, <laughs> any land, land, any land. And then its power and toughness are both equal to the number of lands you control. And whatever green ability does it have? Reach. Nailed it. <laughs> okay, yes, this card's awesome. Give your spiel, and then I have a question for you. So it's it's mainly in the deck to search Reliquary Tower or uh, Maze of Ith or maybe Glacial Chasm. There's so many yes. utility lands that right. it's just so helpful to have access to, and so that's the main reason it's in the deck. But it can also just get enormous humongous like, it can yes. get to like 20 25 power and suddenly people have to chump it every turn it's almost a green abyss or to that same point i think a lot of this deck from what i've seen is you're on the defense for a lot of it right you yes. don't you don't want people to attack you no. right and no one's gonna swing in against this once you have your 20 25 however many lands it all it, of them it right? doesn't even have to be that many like it's more right. like 10 like, right yeah like, and even then that stops even, in abyssin that stops in elish norn those sort of things even right? casting this on curve mm -hmm. like there's very little that can get through it yeah, I, I think it's awesome. It's also six bucks, which is it's at, it's about par for that set's mythics. I think that I think a lot of people like those out of right. There. Uh, so actually, that that's actually higher than I expected it. To really? Be. Okay. Yeah, because this is actually back when I first started playing. God, God bless Triple Shadows, one of my favorite draft sets of all time. Yeah, Shadows was fun. Um, when I first opened this card, it was like a couple bucks. Yeah. So I ended up trading it away without much thought, and then later I made this deck, and I'm like, oh, time to see how much this is again. I'm like. Six dollars? I, I thought it would just be a few bucks, but 
I think it's I think the real big stipulation, like you said, is because Commander is such a unique format and mm-hmm. so it's around so many different cards. It's the same reason why crop rotation is so expensive, right? Yes. It's because of that any land stipulation. If it said get a basic, I bet it would be way cheaper. Well, right? crop rotation is also a common. Uh, but so, it's also like three bucks. <laughs> yeah, I think the real price spike is formats like Popper and Legacy. Oh, from crop rotation, it's, it's, sure. It's, it's, uh, it's played in other formats besides Commander. Oh, so, fair enough. So that's why it's a three dollar common. <laughs> yeah, fair. But it but it is really good because yes. it's really it's, easy. It's, 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 it's really easy turn three to sack that forest and go get a Nick though. It's of like course, and, uh, it's, it's, one, it's also a card that's egregiously not in this deck. <laughs> yeah, which is I which is kind of weird. And I it, just, I just don't own a copy of yeah, it. I've been trying to track one down. Yeah, it's tough. But anyways, any other thoughts on Umul Hydra? I mean, obviously it fits the deck's theme. It does. Exactly Exactly what you want to do. It just checks yeah. enough boxes to be a good card in deck. Right. Like, that's all it is. So this card is one that it's also from your favorite set. And I'm wondering if you opened it. And I've never actually seen this resolve. It's Tireless Tracker. Yes. So two colors and a green for a 3-2 human, human scout. scout. Which the human part's why it's so expensive, right? It's not actually played in humans. It's nine. Really? Okay. No. So it's $9. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, investigate. Put a colorless clue artifact token that's uh, two sack draw card. Awesome. Whenever you sacrifice a clue, put a 1-1 counter on Tyler's Tracker. So I know why this card was so expensive when it came out, because it just wrecked. If you get this limited, it's... Yes, of course. It's a over, it, it's, right? It's the same thing as Tetyovo, but it also applies pressure because it gets enormous. But why do you think this card is expensive as it is? I can tell you exactly why it's ex- ex- yes, as expensive as it is. Please do. In modern right now, there's a very popular archetype that's kind of this green-black value. Oh, like, val- yeah, the, the, right, the, right. The green-black X decks, like Jund, for example, uh-huh. that kind of lean on this card as both a threat and a value engine. Right. So so it's like you take Goyf and you take Bob and they have a baby and out comes Tyler Destructor. So in this deck, have you ever actually attacked with this before? Once or twice, but it's just another yeah. redundant effect because right. I need a way to take advantage of all these lands that are in. Coming and in. Yeah. That's, this is another way to do it. Minus, so minus the $9 price tag as it is, do you think this is another one of those cards that is borderline a green staple? Because it kind of does everything that green needs. It draws you cards, it plays into lands, that sort of thing. I, I struggle finding a green deck that wouldn't benefit from having this in it. Uh, I think so, actually. Okay. It's very borderline to me. Right. It's a little slow. Mm-hmm. If it's good enough for modern, like it, it can't it's be that. It can't be that slow. Right. So since you're the first person that ever has played this in an actual deck, I brought a little present for you. Oh, so did you? I was going through my my good friend Tice, who is traveling the globe right now or traveling America in a van, gave me a bunch of boxes to sort through, and so I could have whatever they are. So yes. I have two unstable clue tokens for you to use in this deck. Oh my so gosh. Here we go. <laughs> These are I'm, sick. I've never, yeah, they're, so for those who don't know, they're foil on one side and full art on the other. Yeah, these are absolutely sick. Yeah, like, they're I cool. Was, I was using a Mark Pool token. Oh, token. No, well, I'm oh, sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. Like, I, I actually like these better. <laughs> yeah, so they're real, they're awesome. They're full art. So anyways, Tice gave me a bunch of cards. He actually yeah. gave me an entire set of unstable that I'm right. going to build into a cube. So I want you to have these. I think I run maybe one deck that has clues in it. So I was like, I'm never going to use these ever. And they're just going to sit my binders. So yeah, no, this well, is our, 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 my little thank you for joining us today. So uh, moving on, we're going to move on to the yeast package. And why don't you start us off here too, Forrest? So we're, we're just going to start off with the elephant or maybe the, the beast in the room. <laughs> Scapeshift. 
Oh, yes, I had this as well. I mean, Scapeshift, what, like, what doesn't this card do in the deck? Two colorless, two green, sorcery, sack any number of lands, search your library for up to that many land cards. Again, La lands. Any land, any land, uh, any land. Put them onto the battlefield tapped, which kind of blows, but whatever, and then shuffle your library. Yes. So while we're talking about this, do you mind if I talk about another yeast card of mine? Go for it. So Splendor Reclamation. Yes. Okay, is this one of yours as well? It's not, but I'm glad that you mentioned okay, it. Okay, so Splendor Reclamation says three colorless and a green it's a sorcery return all land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped when i was looking at this deck i was trying to figure out okay there's gonna be some sort of gimmick and some sort of way because there's other cards we'll talk about here in a second that are ways that you are gonna draw enough cards for certain abilities to trigger yes right so i was trying to figure it out and this is definitely one of them so scape shift you bin everything yep. right you get a whole bunch of new lands in did a bunch of triggers yes. on whatever, right? A bunch of clues, a bunch of Nissa A bunch triggers. of beasts. Yes, exactly. Gain a gazillion life. Off of a rampaging Bailos, for the, those of you that don't know. Yes, exactly. You get everything you want, and then you get all... Then you cast with the mana you, I'm assuming, float from, from yes. Cape Shift. Yes. <laughs> then you get... Reclamation back, get all those back, and then you just have this un, un, unholy board state, do, do right? It again. Do it yeah, again. it's insane. So I think this card is amazing. There's no reason that either of these cards shouldn't be in a Lands Matters deck if it runs green, correct? Right. Like they're both no, like they're, they're they're both, and especially actually like this is probably one of the Lands Matters decks where it matters the least because you look right. at the other Lands Matters decks in the format, it's. Get Rug Monster, yep. which cares about lands in the graveyard and sacking lands right. both a lot. It's Lord Windgrace, which right. cares about lands in the Same graveyard. Thing. And yeah, so uh, don't forget Maze's End. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost it's very easy to tap lands, right. other commons right. that you don't care about. Right. You have Maze's End, sack them, get all the mazes out, game over, right? Exactly. That sort of thing. Yeah. So obviously you get a lot of value from this card in this deck. Is there anything that, that's different than just it being just a huge value train for you? Not really. Yeah. It's it, it's just a huge value card and there's not normally a way to just outright win the game with it, but the number of cards that you draw, you will find a way to win the game. It's right. It's it's one of the key value cards in the deck. It is probably the number one card you want to see. In, right, yeah, in you, you get it and you're just like, yeah, this is probably going to do something later. So I told about my two. What's your next yeast card? Mass Manipulation. Okay. Okay, see, I was wondering about this one, so I think I get it, but go ahead. So, Mass Manipulation, XX, blue, 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 blue. So that's four blue mana symbols. Four oh, it is four. Oh my. Four. Four. Yeah, so that's that explains the distribution. Right? Yeah, it, this is this is one of the cards skewing the distribution. Right. So it's a sorcery from Ravnica Allegiance, I believe. This is the Allegiance ones, yes. And then it says gain control of up to X target creatures or planeswalkers. Woo! It's a very simple uh, line of text, right. but it's a very powerful ability. Right. So XX blue, 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 blue. That means that to steal one thing, you have to pay six mana, which is not the best deal. Right. Yeah. Because you because control magic's four. Mind control is five. Five. Yeah. But it is worth no, worth noting that this can hit planeswalkers. Yes. And oh, I think, sorry, I think, Atraxa. Sorry, yeah, Atraxa. Like, planeswalkers are a permanent type. This deck has a lot of trouble dealing with because outside of countering them on the way down or cyclonic rifts there's just not a good way to get them off and the board you, and there's a fair amount of creatures but there's not a lot of trample enablers and that sort of stuff right exactly. so if, even if someone has a propaganda effect like you said you don't want to spend your mana attacking you want to spend your mana getting more value exactly. and that sort of thing right yeah so instead of dealing with them i'll just take yeah, them i'll just take them from you <laughs> wow this is a nice planeswalker you have there it'd be a shame if someone took, took them from you from you <laughs> <laughs> 
I saw this as well. So this card to me in this deck is effectively insurrection, right? Without the haste. Yes. You're going to take the best cards of the other people of what they have, use them for your own good, and have them for the rest of the game. And again, it's not till end of turn. You just get them. I just get them, yeah. yes. What's been the best thing you've ever gotten with this? I think there was a game where I cast it for... A total of 16. <laughs> 16x or... No, six, 16 like total mana. So that's so it was, what? I, I stole six things. Six things? Oh my god. I stole like four walkers and two <laughs> commanders. And that was kind of it, I would, I would imagine. Yeah, uh, well... Especially I mean, if you... So think about this too. They're getting their walker ready to ult. Yeah. They can't ult that turn. You steal it and yeah, then just ult. exactly, exactly, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's, awesome. it's, it's so dirty. Yeah. It's so dirty. Oh man, that's that's incredible. Yeah, but like, I, I, I stole four walkers and two commanders. And Amazing. I mean, it didn't it didn't win me the game, but like all of a sudden everyone's like, what can you do to like break this board? I, I, turned, I turned the game into Arch Enemy. yeah. <laughs> It's, there's a lot of decks that do that. My last yeast is along the same lines. Royal Elemental. So we kind of talked about this as well, right? Three colorless, three blue, three two elemental with flying. Landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, you may gain control of target creature for as long as you control a Royal Elemental. Yes. So the only thing that makes this not as awesome as mass manipulation is it's still dependent on the card. Yes. But you play him. You play a land for turn. That's one creature. You secure this route. That's two more creatures, right? And you go from there. I th- yeah, and I think... It's just, it's just the value right, trade right, on it. Right. It's just insane, right? And uh, I think cards like this are one reason why I'm playing all these counters. Because right. I kind of want to be able to protect this guy sure. and Tatyova and all well, and this. And this card itself can... If you get this to stay and you get five or six triggers off it... And you can keep it. That's another way of. I, I know, man. It out, even right? like, even like two or three. Right. Like if you still, get, if you can still be backbreaking. Oh, I'll take your I'll take your Edgar and I'll take your whatever Mimeoplasm that's infecty and giant. Right. Yeah, and I, I guess I feel like this is Commander Pitfalls the episode because yeah. I've, I've been talking about these a lot because you know people just don't <laughs> account. People want to play sweet cards, like, and I can't yeah. blame them for them. I would agree as well. But there are cards that are boring, but you know you kind of. The utility, put, right? Yeah, yeah the utility cards that will help you out a lot. So that's my thoughts on Royal Elemental. Obviously, it does the same sort of things like the mass manipulation. Right. You will probably get multiple triggers off it and draw a card and gain a life and all this other stuff, right? Yeah, but like one of the really sick things is that you can actually steal stuff at instant speed with Fetchlands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, so, you know, like... I, it turns into another copy of Maze of it. <laughs> so, yeah, so what happens is that it's on a fairly empty board. Right. So, you know, like, okay, like, I'll play this, play my land for turn, steal one thing. And then you just like leave up these fetches. Yeah, right. Like, your prismatic vista. Or, yeah, like prismatic vista or what else? Harrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which you can sack, you sack land to get two lands. And that's or like, even like evolve, this, this turns evolving wilds into a two for one. Exactly, really like a yeah. three for one, right? Yeah. You still get a land out of it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. There's all kinds of ridiculous things you can do with Royal Elemental. It's awesome. I love whenever I see it. I think it's great. So, so what was your last yeast uh, choice? Laboratory Maniac. Okay. We, and, that's, la- that's, and Laboratory that's Maniac type of actually. We, 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 yeah. we were going to talk about it we eventually. Got the Jace, we got the Jaces. We got the Lab Mans. So My Spice, I think, also plays into this. First off, Laboratory Maniac. It's two colorless and a blue for a 2-2. A creature human wizard? Very good. My spice package that I want to talk about was kind of a combo. We've, we mentioned it very quickly. Freed from real. Yes. Two colorless and a blue for enchant creature. Blue tap, blue untap the enchant creature. So then I actually paired that with another spice card called Lore Weaver. Lay Weaver. Lay Weaver. Yeah, I see, so yes, the, yes, the yes. green one. The right, green yeah. one is Lay Weaver. Lay the- Weaver is three colors and a green for a 2-2 human druid, whatever. Partners with Lore Weaver, which I assume is only in the deck to fetch this one. Uh, and draw cards, I suppose. No, there's other reasons. Okay, well, we'll so... We'll get to that. So with this one, you tap 
untap two target lands. Yes. So one of the combos in this is that there's a way that you can slap Freed from Real onto this. Yes. Make effectively infinite blue mana. Yes. And then play one of your many draw spells to draw your entire deck. Lab man triggers and it's over, right? Yes. That's a, that's what we were talking about before. Yeah, and that, like, and there's there's so many layers to why I play so many of these cards in the deck. But this is another reason why I play so many counter spells because this is a very fragile combo. Mm-hmm. And if anyone has any kind of creature removal, then it could be all over for me. Yeah, it, it's a again. I don't love infinite combos; they're not my favorite. But this is a this is something that you can see coming from a ways out, right? Yeah, like it's it's, 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 like, a, it's a Rube. It's definitely a Rube Goldberg machine combo where you have to have the right cards. Yeah, in play. Which, yeah. As, as a Johnny player, like that's something I love. Just you know, putting all the pieces together. And mm-hmm. listen, I play four colors. A spoiler alert in modern, <laughs> yeah. and that deck is a combo deck through and through of just assembling the right pieces to combo but it's off. not it's not a two card combo or it's not you know you can't combo off with your commander right yeah you could if you wanted to you could slam in mystical tutors and all this other crap right to do this immediately but this way i'm guessing the way that you generally trigger off these combos is you draw you're drawing cards you're drawing cards you're drawing cards you're, that, you that's the main get, way i i did finally cave and put in shared summons sure to, to, oh yeah yeah, yeah. To, to try and find some of these pieces no I, I totally hear you on the lab man so that's the end of the hops in my spices so this is the combo of the jace uh wilders of mysteries is yes. this a redundant lab man correct Yes, but the thing about Labman is that he's only in the deck as a win condition. He's kind Correct. of a dead yeah, card. Yeah, he's, like, he's worthless. He's, he's, he's a pretty dead yeah. card in most other situations. Same with Freed from the Real. Right. Jace actually has real value outside of everything else. Because you can mill and put put your land cards in the graveyard and pull them back, right? Yeah, yeah. and also just his plus one draws a card. Like mm-hmm. that's, it, He's like a personal howling mind in right. a way. But Labman can be tutored, which is a reason why I've kept him around for so long. And again, Mr. Combo and I have talked about if you're not building a degenerate combo deck, having some sort of baked-in redundancy is important, is yes. cool, is that yes. sort of stuff, right? Yes. Great. So let's move on to your spice. So this is kind of a two-for-one because they, they play off of each other, but my spice pick was Laylor Weaver. Hey! Yeah, exactly. okay. yeah. yeah. Makes sense. That's I, I actually looked on EDA truck as a preparation for this episode, right. and only, I think, 5% of Tatyova decks are playing this combination, which I think is criminal. I think this combination slots right into the deck. And I'm wondering, so what's interesting to me is I'd be, there's an elf creature that I think is three mana or four mana that also taps to untap two lands. Is it three or four? I don't remember. I think it'd be interesting to see because at that, at that point it doesn't matter. I know there are, well, no, there's a specific reason why Lore Weaver is better in this situation. This combination is important. But but I'm wondering, so, and I know it's because one of the things that's good about them is they can fetch each other. Yes. Right? So that's why I'm curious. How many of these Tatiova decks are playing that just generic on its own tap, untap two lands that should be playing this instead? Right. Yeah, no, I'd be interested in that as well. We talked about Layweaver already. It's three green for untap two lands. So I want to talk about Loreweaver because I I know you kind of glossed over it, but it is really important. So three and a blue, Human Wizard from Battlebond. I love the Battlebond, by the way. I haven't played as much of it as I'd like. Yes, I know. I totally agree. I wish I would have bought three boxes, but anyways. Exactly. Uh, Two, two, same, same as Layweaver. And it says five blue, blue. Target player draws two cards. Oh. Target player. Target player. I want to emphasize that. Because, Target. yeah, and this, I think this is the. I didn't the, even think about I think that. this is the crux oh, yes. that Big Tuck missed when he looked over my deck. Right, right, right. Because this, I is, what Big, this is what Big Tuck completely blew right over this. So, Big Tuck already talked about how you can make infinite mana with Freed from the Real and yep. Layweaver, but you don't even need any other cards because you can make infinite blue mana. Cast Lore Weaver, which you found off yeah, of Lore Weaver. Which you already have. 
and then make everyone else draw out their oh entire deck. Oh my goodness, deck. that's incredible. And it's not even Mill, right? So like, Kozilek won't help nope. you. Nope, nope. Ulvahog won't help you. Leylines won't help they you. They will not. Nothing can save and you. It's, and it's instant. It's instant. Which is important <laughs> because there's another big combo you missed in this deck. <coughs> Excuse me. Nothing can save you. Yes. <laughs> and... Not even hexproof because mm. if you try that, then what I do is I draw out my own deck. Right, and then I you find do, lab then band, you trigger it out, yeah, and then I trigger lab band. Okay, have you ever have you ever assembled this contraption before? Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, many times. But there's one more that kind of blows this whole thing wide open. Maze of Ith. Oh, so I'm very excited to see where you're going to be going with this. To be honest with you, it's so. it's a it's very counterintuitive. No, I, think, I, got I, it. I think a lot of people will like will know about the new Maze of Ith, uh, Thaumatic Compass, and Spires of Araska, the flip card from uh, Ixalan. Right, right, right. And so tap to untap target attacking creature, prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to and dealt by that creature this turn. Yes, that's a new text. You go to combat. Yes. You make it an attacking creature. Yes. You tap it, untap two lands. You tap Maze of it and another land. Another land, and then you untap it, and then there's your, there's your mana right there. Yes. Because wow. Maze of it does not remove the creature from combat. So it's still <laughs> it's, it, it, is, it is still considered That's an attacking so creature. Yeah, no, it's it's this weird rules loophole that just lets you have basically a two card infinite combo in your baked, baked, baked into your commander deck. So then you can go and you can use like your Uvenwald Hydras or one of the things to go get that. Yes. Right? Put it in. Oh my goodness. So, That's incredible. Yeah. So you play you play one half of Layweaver, Lore Weaver. Hopefully Layweaver. Right. And you fetch Lore Weaver. And then you wait a turn because it can't be summoning sick. Right. It, it basically becomes this two card infinite combo because you need three cards technically, but one of them will find the other. So it's it's the it's a two card infinite combo that you just make everyone draw out their deck. I, I think that's incredible. It's, it's, it's good, pretty it's pretty job. hidden, but like you know, people tend to not like combos. But games this one's this one's fragile enough because because well, if someone sees this coming, they could simply you know kill the yeah thing. they they uh, doom blade yeah the elf and then you're. Sort of out of luck until right. you can get it back with the Predators Council or whatever. Yeah, so, so love it. I didn't think about that when I first looked at it. That's awesome. And that's kind of the end of the packages. Now we're going to get into the capping. So here, this is going to be some personal recommendations from both of us with a $5, a $50, and then a personal recommendation. So there's one card in here. I like it, but I think we can do better. I just made a couple cuts. And like you said, there's I think there's a few generic cards, right? Yes. We'll get into them that are just make a lot of sense. Yes. But the one I want to cut was Grow From the Ashes. Yes. So go ahead. So, uh, okay, what's the text read outside the kicker? Grow From the Ashes, two and a green, uh, sorcery. Search your library for a basic land, put it on the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Yep. It comes in untapped, which is worth noting. Oh, true, yeah. Uh, and then when you kick Grow From the Ashes, it costs two generic mana. And you if, So if Grow From the Ashes was kicked, search your library for two basic lands instead. Nailed it. Yep. On the battlefield, untapped. So I it kind of pays for itself, right? And I get where it's coming from, but I think it's too much for what you're looking for in this deck. Even I think though you have... I, no, I totally agree. This deck has definitely... Uh, become more and more optimized, more and more too. Right. That I'm starting to cut cards like this that look pretty good. Right, and I think the so the one I would cut it for is a new one from your favorite set, Modern Horizons. Yes, Spring Bloom Druid. I can agree with this. Okay, so two colorless and a green for a one-one elf druid, which normally would matter, but in this deck not so much. Yes. So when it enters the battlefield, sack a land. If you do, search your library for up to two basic land cards and put them on the battlefield tapped. So this way you don't have to pay the kicker. Mm -hmm. Granted, and this is Haro on a creature, but they enter the battlefield tapped. 
Right. But I think if you cast this on turn two or three, you're already getting your value and set up, even yes. if they're tapped, right? And you may not need anything from this. And yes. even if you do it later, this is a literal divination, right? Right. And a card that we've kind of glossed over that we haven't really talked about is Titania. Yes. Ti- Titania yeah, yes, is yes, in this yes. deck. Yes, because it she, is. <laughs> she works with Scapeshift. She works with Harrow. She works with all the fetch lands. Right. And again, this is another sack outlet that you can bin a card. There was one of these where I want to talk about where you have cards that are cycling cards or enter the battlefield lands. Yes. So you can you do that, right? You play cycling early. Then you can sack it. You Splendor Reclamation, Praetor's Council, whatever. You get it to your hand. You draw your card later, yes. right? I just think... You probably had that card, the one that I cut, just from playing Dominaria. But I feel like this one does what you want that card to do, but a little better. So what was your first cut for under uh, $5? So I, I kind of brushed up against the budget here. But Crop Rotation, which oh. I, I mentioned is egregiously <laughs> not in the deck. I should be court-martialed for the fact that I don't have Crop Rotation the in this deck. The deck art, the crop the, Rotation is so ridiculously the, the, good in this the deck. deck. The deck police are here, and they're going to the, take the, it the, to court. <laughs> yeah. Open up. Who is it? So uh, Crop Rotation is one green instant... Sacrifice a land, search your library for a land, and put it on the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Right. Obviously very good. My, my question to you, and I'm, it works, right? What would you cut for this? I would cut Far Wanderings. Okay. Okay, yeah. Which is uh, probably a little bit more cute than good. I would agree uh, It is So it <laughs> well, is two and a green yep. for a sorcery that says, search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. Correct. Threshold, yep. which for those of you who don't know what Threshold is. Yeah, those who didn't play in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. when, so Threshold activates when you have seven or more cards in your graveyard. If Threshold is active, you search for three basic lands and put them on a battlefield tapped instead. Right. So this is either like a super card draw spell or like a fairly mediocre ramp card in the right. early game. I feel like this, so it was kind of between this and Grow From the Ashes yes. with me. This one, I agree with you. I think this is a great cut for crop rotation. The only thing that I think is better is that you will always pay the same amount of mana for this, right? It just yeah. And then you'll either get very little value or piles of it. Whereas right. Grow From the Ashes is you get some value or a little bit more for a little bit more mana. And I think I can see where you're coming from because at the time when you would cast these in the late game, with all the fetch lands and other spells of this type that you have in the deck you are going to have Threshold active. Right. And so you won't have to pay the extra, whereas Growth of the Ashes, we have to do You always have to pay the extra if you want it, right? And no matter the, what stage of the game. Yeah, and in. in the early game, they're identical. Correct, yeah, uh, yeah. Th- there's, there's like one corner case where when you have about five mana that you might be able to kick Growth of the Ashes where you wouldn't be able to get the Threshold and Far Wanderings. But right. in those situations, you normally just want to cast Tatiova, Tatiova and, play, right. and play a land anyway. So Unless you're I, like, you got Tatiova on four, she got killed or Path Exiled, then you have five and you have nothing else to do. yeah. When's that going to happen, right? It doesn't happen a lot. It doesn't happen a lot. It's almost not worth talking about. Yeah, Cropitations is bonkers. Moving on a little bit. My under 50 card, I was going to cut Voyaging Seder. Yes. Which I we talked about it. It's a colorless and a green. You tap it, untap target land. It makes more sense than a Land of War Elves in this deck because there's the other interactions with it. Yes. However, I think that we can do better. Yes. And the one I think is better is Seedborn Muse. Okay. So three colorless, two green, two four spirit. Untap all permanents you control during each other player's untap step. You also have the Wilderness Reclamation, which yes. is three colors and a green. Mm-hmm. At the end of your turn, untap your stuff. All, so, all, all, only lands. Only lands you control. Right. So this one, this gives all your things pseudo-vigilance, so it yes. kind of helps block you. Also, untap your lands just in case. 
I'm sure there's been times where you have so much mana that there's so much stuff that you can do, but you only have it on your turn. Yes. This card also arguably could go into a lot of green decks, so it's sort of cheating, but I feel like in this one, because you have so many lands... No, I, I'd agree. This also helps you assemble the Rube Goldberg machine that you want on someone else's turn, potentially, does, as well, it does. right? So it's sitting at five bucks now because it just came out in Commander. Yeah. So... Again, it's not super exciting, but I think it I think it serves a second lot. I know. I, I think being able to untap on everyone else's turn is very exciting. I don't know what you're talking about here. Uh, it, it helps you crack all those clues from Tireless Tracker, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is uh, kind of a big thing. It also... Lets you swing with the Uwald Hydra and untap it, right? Yeah, it also... You can do that thing with the trigger on this deck. You tap all your land, then float all the mana, and then you cast a huge X spell. Right. Uh, I think you kind of want like a, Bal- a Dalkin Ori or a Leyline. Yeah, or something. Or, well. um, yeah. So I had a loose, a loose loss but seeking, and I decided that I would cut Rights of Flourishing. Oh, yeah. I completely agree if you want the deck to go that way, right? Right. Because this is, it's once, it's t- cutting Rights of Flourishing for Azusa takes it like one step closer to being even more mean, which is fine. And again, you want to win, right? Right. So I, I'm, I, on, I'm, I'm, a, very, I'm a very spiky person. <laughs> So Azusa Lost with Seeking, for those who don't know, it's uh, two colorless and a green for a human with some power. A, hu- a human ratio. monk, one, two. Yeah, that is, effectively doesn't matter. Right, uh, but you may play two, <laughs> two additional, additional lands land. on each of your turns. So the, it makes sense, right? Yes. So you're cutting away card advantage from other people, you're getting it. If you wanted to keep the nice card, you could arguably cut Wayward for this as well, right? Yeah, you, you could, you could. But it just depends on how you want to build a deck, right? Exactly. So, I think I have enough of the kind of pillow 40, like, don't touch me cards right. that at this point I can kind of afford to push this deck right. farther totally. along that path. But I can totally see, like, wanting to build this a bit differently. And, you know, maybe if I'm in a different play group, I might cut Wayward instead. Commander is a very social format. Correct, yeah. It's not quite as competitive as, you know, the magic I'm used to. So right. the moderns of the world. Yeah, the moderns <laughs> of the world, the moderns, the standards, the drafts of the world. Yeah. So I can see, and, you know, people talk about this all the time, just kind of be able to adjust the power level of your deck right. to fit the group of people you're playing you with. Cut, you cut a couple cards. You have a couple cards in there that you know, like, this helps me win a lot. You can cut those two, cut three, put in some ones that are more fun. You can kind of power down your deck yes. a little bit. Yeah, totally. I think that's a smart choice. What would be your third cut? So, for the third cut, I kind of went all out. I decided on the Tabernacle at Pendrel Vale. Oh my god! We said no lands! Did we? <laughs> That's fine. Did we? So, uh, but, uh, but I, I, had, I had this argument with Big Duck because you'll notice that in the deck list. Oh my god! You'll, you'll notice that in the deck list, I put Glacial Chasm and Maze of Ith kind of in because. Let, let's be real, and they're not actually lands. They're, they're, yeah, they're, 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 they're spells masquerading you, as lands. If you play, so if you play Maze of Ith specifically, people will say, oh, it's a land card, so it doesn't count. It's like, no, 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 no. That counts against your land totals. Right, so if, you're, if you say if you say I, I run thirty six lands, I also run maze and glacial chasm. No, you run thirty four lands. Effectively, yes. Right, you you uh, so you, outside of like chromatic lantern and these like sort of or, edge cases, uh, Urborg. Yes, yes. You can't count maze of Ith or glacial chasm or tabernacle as real lands. <laughs> they don't they don't have for mana. Like they like, <laughs> they, they they say land on the type line, but they're not they're not lands that uh, will help you cast your spells. <laughs> So, for those playing the home game, the Tabernacle of Pendril Vale is a legendary land that has been printed once and only once in Legends. Yes. It says... It's all on the reserved list. It's on the reserved list, of course. All creatures have, at the beginning of your upkeep, destroy this creature unless you pay one. It's very good. However, the price list comes in at a pennies on the dollar. $2,000! If Combo was dead, which he might be in China, he would be spinning in his grave. <laughs> This is egregious. This is egregious even for him. 
No limit poker, and you went for it. Okay, so what's worth like six times the amount of your deck? It's absurd. It is. It is. Okay, so what? So okay, so obviously it makes sense, right? More importantly, what what would you cut for this? I would probably cut Sun Ring. <laughs> anything. Something like Aether Spouts, because oh, that, 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 right. that, that's that's the slot it's trying to fill. It's just a card that helps you against huge <laughs> boards, which this deck has many problems dealing with. Like yeah. trying to deal with huge, huge wide boards. Like I'm playing a ton of big dumb monsters. If Could I'm playing you, okay. at all. Now, crawl me crazy. <laughs> Granted, it's not a land, but there's a legal card in this deck that I think kind of solves the same problem for you that costs significantly lower. So instead I think of everything is significantly lower. <laughs> you can get an original printing of this card for nine dollars, which is yeah, that's nineteen hundred and ninety-two dollars. Okay, less. there's a card called Propaganda that's blue <laughs> for two colors and a blue that says each turn creatures can attack you unless they pay two. Okay, like that, now, that's... granted, it's not the same, and we said it was no limits poker, so you got right, me on that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, look, if we're look, living look, in the look, real world, look, 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 man, look, I, I I'd agree that Propaganda is a good fit for this deck, but. It's um, not, you can't tutor it as, with Uberbold Hydra. I can't, I can't tutor it with like my many land <laughs> or tutors. Crop, crop rotation, um, yeah. Also, people just don't play as much land destruction as they do. Like, no. enchantment hits. Which is good, which is good and healthy. Yeah. Listen, I and I, I have no problem playing the mustache twirling, like, right, cartoon villain and, and, and at tables. You also have no problem playing, I think this deck could easily transform into a extremely mean, one-sided land wrath. Oh, yes, it could. With, it you could. you with, do between, have Crucible of Worlds, yes. Room Nap, and Asusa, which is horrible. Look, look I, I, I'm, I'm not mean enough to say that you guys can't play Magic, but I am mean enough to say... You guys just don't touch you me have, ever. You have to pay don't, for it. Don't touch me ever. Okay. Um, yeah. Any so, last thoughts on the tabernacle? So, so the thing about propaganda is that a lot of times they're just like, okay, fine, I won't attack. Right. But this actually makes them yeah, tap out. Yeah, stops them. Which is actually a big deal because, like I said, I run some very fragile combos in this deck. Right, right, right. And that's a... So each mana that's tapped to keep this creature out is one less that they can use to counter to or removal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, destroy I, I, this creature. I'm the guy that's taking advantage of the fact that Maze of it does not say remove that creature from combat. Correct, To yes. combo off, like... <laughs> I, I, I feel you like... Want, this, you want your reserve list? This, this, ancient this. cards. All right, so my last one, I'll be real quick. I would personally cut Font of Fertility. Yes. Colorless. It's a rampant growth enchantment, right? Yeah. One green for an enchantment. Colorless in the green. Sack it. Search library for a basic. Put it on the battlefield tapped. Shuffle your library. It's the green Wayfarer's Bobble. Yep, exactly. And this, so this card I think is really good in, in permanence matters. For example, my, like a Moldrotha, where I'm only running permanence, right? right? And this, I can't run rampant growth or Sky Shroud Claim and that stuff. So I think you could cut this for a card, which is one of my pet cards. And we might have talked about it on a previous episode, but it's Concordant Crossroads. Ah, uh, yes, I know what this card does. So it's a world enchantment. Yes, which the they old don't one. Do world enchantment. Yeah, one green for a world enchantment. Creatures can attack or use abilities that include tap and the activation cost as soon as they come to play on the yes. controller side. Okay, so almost twenty-five years later, now it just says all creatures have haste. Yes. So again, we talked about this in one of Mister Combo's decks. The ability that you have so many tap untap abilities, if you can get this early. Awesome, right? You're already gonna get you're gonna plow in with your value in the beginning. This turns your Rube Goldberg machine combo into slightly less fragile. Yes. Right? Because as soon as you can do that, you can go. Now the downside is you give your mono red goblins, your mono white creature control. Oh god, Krenko. Yeah, right. You give all of them haste too. But in this deck I can hold it. Right, like you don't need it, right? Really, and you can either play it early or mid-game, start cranking out your value with the tap and untaps, or you just hold it and it just becomes another backup to your combo piece. 
where you don't even have to worry about waiting another turn. This is a card and I love. Uh, how, how much is that running? The cheapest one is 20 bucks. So it's on the higher side. But like considering I pulled out Knackle. Uh, it's insane. There was one place that I played in Chicago. They opened and they were pretty much having a flash sale just to get people in. Right. I got four copies of Concord and Crossroads for five bucks a piece. Oh my God. I got uh necropotences for three dollars a piece and i got birds of paradise for four a piece i sold i was like i was like how many how many are you willing to sell me no all we have here you go (laughs) (laughs) amazing yeah incredible it was was nuts so but that place is awesome near mint games in chicago if you're over there they play oh baby a quadruple it was insane but that's the spice package anyways thanks for listening to this episode thank you very much Forrest for joining us I hope you had a good time it I was really, a pleasure to be here it was really like like we were talking about upstairs it was really great to, to talk to someone who was so involved in modern and limited and, and kind of hear how you evolved and enjoyed and commander so thanks again for listening feel free to leave any comments good or bad we love hearing the feedback also there will be a contest this month we're not sure what it's going to be but please like follow subscribe on whatever appropriate social media you have there will be a contest this month it'll be posted with this you could get a really sweet land could get a really sweet creature it could be anything Forrest we talked about this a little bit if people want to reach out to you and ask you questions about your experience Facebook's probably the best place I'm Forrest Wong on Facebook I have some public information available W-A-N-G right yeah W-A-N-G it's we'll say probably living in Kansas City so right here in KC you are currently in your picture crouched on the Hollywood Walk of Fame is that correct I am am, okay cool thank you again to Pink Royal for the music provided in this episode Everyone out there, thank you again. We've been loving the feedback. We've been loving everything. So, see ya. Peace.